Today we continue our series focusing on what the world needs now as we take a look at the definition of love. And today the focus is on love keeps no record of wrongs. There's a lot of information I'm gonna share with you, but if you take this information to heart, I truly believe it's gonna help you incredibly in your life, it's gonna bless the people around you, it's gonna give glory to God. And to a great extent today, we're gonna to be focusing on the problem with resentment, the problem with the inability to forgive others who hurt us. And we're gonna be taking a look into the book of Job. And Job is an individual who went through a lot in his life. In fact, he lost his children, he lost his business, he lost a lot of property, and all that was left for him was a wife who nagged him and friends who were not very good comforters at all. He had every reason to be resentful. We're gonna see some sections in scripture as we break down this topic today from this book of Job. And the first thing I wanna talk about is what causes resentment. And there's, there's three things. I really want to encourage you to, to fill in um, the outline for the sermon. And this may be a sermon you may need to look at a couple times because if you lock and load these points, it's going to really help you. And first of all, what causes resentment is what people say about you. And it says in Job chapter 12, verse 5, you have no troubles, yet you make fun of me. You hit a man who is about to fall. And so after Job went through some terrible things, his friends gathered around him and the best thing they did for a while was they didn't say anything. The problem is when they started talking, it got kind of bad because they were saying things that weren't very comforting to Job whatsoever. And so often the things that cause resentment for us is the things people say about us. Maybe they say it to our face or they say it to others. And these words so often can be very hurtful in our lives. The second thing that causes resentment is what people think about us. It says in Job chapter 19, verse 5, you think you are better than I am and regard my troubles as proof of my guilt. And so it talks about what people think. And so often in this day and age, what people think is no longer kept to themselves. There's so many different platforms where people share their thoughts, social media and texting and things like this. And so often people should really keep their thoughts themselves, but they don't. And they say terrible things about others through various methodologies of communication, which causes great harm. And really, it's a very difficult time in history for us to live when it comes to the things that people say about others. And it comes with what they think. And it's conveyed in so many very hurtful and harmful ways. So what people say about us, what people think about us, these cause resentment. And the third thing is what people do to us, the actions they carry out. And it says in Job 19.19, those I love most have turned against me. And so often, this is even the most painful when the people you love the most do things to hurt you. And so often, this is the case in relationships, in life, in family, at work, at school. And so often, what people do, it can be so harmful to us. And we take it so personal when people do things that are, are hurtful to us. And what happens as you put these together, what people say about us, what people think about us, what people do to us, it begins to accumulate over time. 
and it causes a lot of problems. Resentments can build up over time, and sometimes the older we get, the pile keeps getting higher and higher, and it causes a great deal of damage to us. This leads into the next part, the problem with resentment. And there's three things I wanna share. The first one is this, it's unreasonable. And so Job says in chapter five, verse two, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. Think about this. Somebody does something hurtful to you. And we resentment, what we're doing, we're saying, you know what? I'm gonna get you back. I'm gonna get you back by beating myself up and by carrying anger and resentment and hurt inside myself. That makes no sense. Try to get someone back by causing extreme damage to ourselves? Do you realize that prisons are filled with people that in resentful situations, they've done some very stupid things? Just this last week, I was reading about some guy that was looking at his window and he saw some neighbors walking their dog and the dog um, did a, left a, a job, so to speak, of kind of a, a dump so on the lawn and this guy lost his temper and he took out a gun and he started shooting at them, ended up killing one of them. He's gonna spend the rest of his life in jail, in prison, because of this terrible thing he did, because in the spur of the moment, his resentment, he just lost control, he went crazy. Another thing is, when it comes to resentment, or being harmful, it is not, it's very unhelpful. That resentment is unhelpful. And it says in Job 18.4, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. And so when it comes to resentment, we're allowing someone to take up space in our head. Someone that's hurt us. And it is not helpful for us. You know, God wants us to learn to live in the moment and to live in joy. But when you're carrying resentful, you can't do that because the resentment gets in the way. It blocks out the joy and the peace and and the love that, that God wants you to be living in in the moment. And you know, this moment is a sacred time, but what we do is we bring in the hurts of the past, the anxieties of the future, and it disrupts and takes away the joy we're meant to have in the present. It's not a very helpful thing to let people take up space inside your head that have hurt you. The third thing, resentment is unhealthy. In Job 21, it says this, some men stay healthy till the day they die. Others have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. Do you realize that the number one cause of health problems is stress? And if you're living in resentment, it creates stress. And stress breaks down your immune system. It it makes you unhealthy not just physically, but even emotionally. A lot of people, because of resentment, they cannot trust people. And the stress builds up inside their mind and, and they have a, sometimes have mental breakdowns or they even have mental um, sicknesses that occur because of this resentment or they completely isolate themselves. They don't let anybody close to them and so their relationships suffer. It's unhealthy mentally, it's unhealthy physically, it's also unhealthy spiritually because it blocks us to receive what God wants us to receive. It blocks us from receiving that love, joy, peace, and hope that he wants to fill our lives with. 
And so resentment's not good. And so what do we do? You know, how do we cure this resentment? And we do need help. There's three things I want to share with you that are of extreme importance. The first one is this. You need to reveal your hurt. Reveal your hurt. In Job 7.11, I can't be quiet. I'm angry and bitter. I have to speak. And in Job 10.1, listen to my bitter complaint. Don't condemn me, God. And so Job feels this desire, this need to reveal his hurt, not just to his friends who have been causing him even more pain and suffering, but also to God. It's important in life for us to be honest with God. And Job is doing that. You see, so often the temptation is to keep things inside ourselves and then we become you know, like this volcano that keeps building up and is ready to explode. Truth is so important. If someone hurts you to, to be able to share with them, you know what, what you said, what you did, that was hurtful to me. But you gotta do it with grace and with truth. And in John 1.1, 1, 1, it talks about you know, Jesus is the word that became flesh, filled with grace and truth. This is how we need to approach this, gracefully and, and truthfully. And so often, too, as we are truthful with others and, and confront them with what they did wrong, it should help them as well. If they are a godly person willing to better themselves, at the same time, some people probably aren't going to receive it well, but it's important to be truthful. It's going to help you. It's going to help others. You know, in the Bible, God refers to King David as a man after my own heart. And you go through the Psalms of David, and so often David's like shaking his fists at God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? And he's just ranting and raving at God, and it's like God's saying, I like this guy. He's honest with me. He tells me the truth. And part of that truth is, is to reveal the hurt to God and, and to the people that, that hurt you. Secondly, to release your offender. To release the one that hurt you. And it says in Job 42.10, After Job prayed for his three friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. Something happens here. It says, after Job prayed for his friends, basically releasing them, and God came and blessed him more than he was blessed before. God helped him through this difficult time. But the first thing that had to happen, he had to release, he had to forgive, he had to let go. And so often we say, I forgive someone, but do we forget? You know, so often in marriages, it's like a spouse will say to the other spouse, I, I forgive you, then, then 20 years later, they bring up the same thing again. You know, the forgiving might be easier than the forgetting, but it's important that we need to release the person, not just forgive them, but to let it go, to not carry that burden any longer. You know, it says in Matthew 18, 21 and 22, Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And so really what Jesus is saying here is forgive an unlimited number of times. And this ties into the next thing here, that forgiveness needs to be continual. It's living in a state of forgiveness. 
In the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Some people may say, that's so mean. It's like, you know, why should I have to forgive the people that hurt me? Because God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be carrying the burden of that hurt, of the sin and the hurt of others. He wants you to let it go. And sometimes that's tough. Sometimes as you approach people, you say, you know what? You really hurt me with what you said or what you did. And if they say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, that makes it very easy. But there are gonna be times when people are not going to admit they were wrong. And so often in life, we need to learn this. Hurting people hurt people. And so often the way people treat you is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. And rather than getting angry and upset with them, why not feel bad for them? Why let them take up space in our head? God wants us to forgive, to forget, to let it go, to release the person. Well, what if they are not sorry? What if, if they're still unwilling to change and they're still mean to you? We still need to let it go because God doesn't want us to be carrying that hurt. You know, Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Had that kind of attitude. In the end, we're not the judge. God's the judge. People will stand before him one day. But he wants us to make our lives right. And a big part of this is to release those that hurt us. And the final thing here is to refocus your life. To refocus your life. Incredible verse from Job chapter 11, from 13, 18 sections of that. Put your heart right. Reach out to God. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. I want to break that down. Very important points within this section of Scripture. Number one, put your heart right. Put your heart right. If you now have released them, okay, you revealed the hurt, you released them, now put your heart right. Let it go. If you start feeling the hurt coming back, it's like, I'm not going there. I've already released that person. I've got to let it go. To get our mind, our heart right. To realize that God wants us in the sacred moment we're in right now. The only time we, live is, time we can live is right now, in this very moment. We can't let the resentments of the past, the anxieties of the future keep shaping our present life right now to block those things out, to refocus our lives in the right way. And that forgiveness and realizing, you know what? I release that. I can't bring it up again. I'm not going to let my mind and my heart go there. I'm going to focus on what's good and what's right. Reach out to God. Always reaching out to God. And the more that we spend that time with God, the more our lives are blessed. This last week, you know, I met with four guys that are part of an accountability group I have. And these guys have been very helpful to me, and we just we help each other. And we talked a lot this last week about silence, spending time silently with God to pray, but then completely shut down and with no agenda just to be quiet in the presence of God and see what he does. And it's amazing what God does. He wants to spend quality time with us. And we can go to him in prayer and in silence and he comes to us through his word and his spirit working. 
The more that we are close to God, the more the resentment, the hurt goes away because we have a God of love and forgiveness. He's a source of love, and the more his love fills us up, the more we can let go of the resentment and live in his love and share his love and be a blessing to others in greater ways. It says, face the world again. We can face the world again in this new way of thinking to take these points and to live them out. Not just let it go, but keep living it out. And that's what God wants. And ultimately, it says later, the troubles will fade from your memory. Those resentment feelings, those thoughts will begin to fade away. And what a blessing that is. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us. And the last thing it says, don't resist a feeling. Replace the feeling with the truth. The truth is we release. And we ultimately refocus our lives after we've revealed that hurt from the beginning. And in closing, there's a lot here. And I want to encourage you to lock and load these points. And here's the reality. God wants you to have a great life, now and forever. And one of the biggest blocks for this to happen is we hold resentment. If anybody had a right to have resentment, it was Job, and more so even Jesus. But yet we see in them forgiveness. The forgiveness that God wants to have, a forgiveness that also forgets and lets things go. And I pray that we take these characteristics, and maybe you need to go over this again, or take the, this um, sermon outline and, and put it on your refrigerator or in your Bible and keep going over it because we need to go over it time and time again for this way of thinking to get locked and loaded into our brains to, to change the default that's in us that's been maybe shaped by the past, but to live free. And that's what God wants us to have is freedom. And resentment creates bondage. May we realize that true love keeps no record of wrongs. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the example of forgiveness you show to us. And we thank you for the example of Job. Lord, help us to think of people in our lives that maybe we have resentment towards and help us to begin to apply these characteristics even right now, to put these truths into action because you desire for us to have lives that are truly free and for us to be even greater blessing to those around us and to bring greater glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.